1: Now, from the Star Rental Sports Desk, your 93.3 KJRFM Sports Headlines.
3: All righty, here we go. Headlines uh, from a freezing cold Weston Hotel ballroom <laughs> here at the Seattle Sports Star Banquets. Off and Dick Headlines are brought to you by our friends at Buddy's Goodies and Glass. It's always 420 at Buddy's Baby. Just let me handle it. The Mariners have a day off today. Three games with the Astros starting tomorrow and they'll do it without Drew Steckenrider or Suckenrider as some people like to call the guy. He's been optioned to Triple A Tacoma. Eighteen and twenty-seven, two and eight. Their last ten. Chris Flexen versus Justin Verlander tomorrow. Logan Gilbert goes on Saturday. Your boy, my boy, everybody's boy, Marco Gonzalez on Sunday.
4: St. Louis outlasted the Avs last night, 5-4 in overtime, but Colorado still owns a 3-2 series lead with game six tomorrow in St. Louis. Uh,
3: Basketball Boston last night thumping Miami because the Heat couldn't make a three-pointer would they go seven for 45 that's right that's unbelievable i mean you can't even do that if you try in the nba (laughs) boston is up three games to two now in the eastern conference finals game six tomorrow in boston tonight golden state looking for their sixth trip to the nba finals in the past eight years you say only mj's bulls did that by the way is that right last team last team to do it okay they're up 3-1 on dallas 6 p.m tip off tonight in san francisco
4: pac 12 has released their early season and special date tv schedule so the huskies are Uh, host Kent State, 7.30, September 3rd. Portland State at 1 p.m. September 10th. Michigan State at 4.30 on ABC, September 17th. And Friday night dates, September 30th at UCLA. And Oregon State at home, November 4th.
3: That's a Friday night, by the way. Saints head coach Dennis Allen saying today that wide receiver Michael Thomas will miss the entire 2021 season with an ankle injury. Should be good to go for training camp in July. Let's get to Brett Boone
1: right now. Coming to you live from our Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM. It's time for our weekly conversation with former Mariners all-star Brett Boone. Brought to you by Venue Kings. Visit VenueKings.com for all your ticket needs. Now with Booney, here's Softy and Dick.
3: All right, by the way, you're looking for tickets for the Seahawks opener against the Denver Broncos and Russell Wilson in September on Monday Night Football. VenueKings.com can get you in the door. The ticket price is still hovering around. $325 325 bucks to get in the door. They should drop by game time, of course, so be sure and use code Sofia at checkout for a discount. Raiders game at home, going to Germany against Tommy Brady and the Buccaneers. Whatever your Seahawks needs are, be sure and use code Sofia at checkout for a discount at VenueKings.com. Here he is, a guy that needs no discount whatsoever, because he's rich. Our buddy <laughs> Brett Boone joining us right now on the radio show. Booney, how are you? pal? <laughs> What's up, guys? <laughs> not yeah. much. Well, you know what? I'm just trying to avoid the inevitable, which is talking about this baseball team going down the toilet. Yeah,
0: what else we got? You want to talk about my golf game?
3: Yes. I yes. a
0: lot of Yes. Job. How was your,
3: your golf game, and what's the best course you've ever played down there in Southern California?
0: A lot of nice ones. Uh, Southern Cal, That my favorite courses in the country are not in Southern Cal. But uh, we got a pretty nice one here. The Bridges is nice. Yeah, like. Yeah. Uh, the Farms is nice. I, I like that Northern cow softy. I like the Pebble Beach and the Spyglass. Uh, those are my favorite courses in California. All I right, I stunk this week. I stunk. I stunk. I got a phone call on four. I was in the middle of the... Oh, I hate On that. five. Par five. I'm even through four. Buddy calls me. What are you doing? I said, I'm playing a term. Middle of the fairway waiting for him to clear the green on a par five. I take a nine. Ruined my day. Wow. Then I I doubled the next hole, shot 85, and next day I came back, shot 80. I was, to put it lightly, I was, I don't know. No, I was, I was disappointing. You're pissed disappointing. is what you yeah, are. You it
3: never, ever works, right? When your <laughs> wife calls you and bugs you, your kid calls you, your dad calls you, something's going on, you take a phone call in the middle of a round, it never, ever, ever works. I put my phone on vibrate and stick
0: ever.
4: it in my golf bag
3: and don't
0: bring right, it up. Right, and the thing, the thing is, I told the caller, I said, he goes, what are you going to do? I said, I'm about to birdie five, but I can't be talking on the phone. And I made a nine. I don't remember writing a nine
3: down. <laughs> well, this is much more entertaining than talking Mariner baseball. Yeah, I got
4: to no. be totally honest with uh, you. Have we avoided you. it?
0: How many minutes in? Are yeah, right? I got. No. I
3: got one for you. We
4: can avoid it for a couple more minutes. There you I've go. been thinking about this. I want the funniest Lou Pinella story that oh, you got. No. That's PG thirteen or better for radio. No, I want
0: R rated. That's well, what I want. We get. We can't bleep it. I mean, there are so so many Lou stories. All right, you want my favorite one of all time? And I was yes. a youngster. Okay. I've told it here before, but this is when I first, you know, I, my first go around with Lou, where me and him are at odds, and I'm he's sending me down, pulling me up. I get I'm on that shuttle from Triple A to the big leagues, and I'm starting to kind of, you know, I, I'm starting to kind of settle in, and I'm doing good, Lou's not mad at me at this point. We're in Texas. And he says, uh, "Hey, Boone, where's your buddy Griffey?" Said, "You know, I got my helmet on. I'm hitting like six. The national anthem hasn't even played yet, and I'm ready to go." I said, "Why the hell's he asking me?" Fine, I'll go get him. I said, "Junior was up in the clubhouse. You know, he was he was watching cartoons." He goes, "Well, go get him." I run up to the to the uh, locker room, and this is old Arlington. It's it's, it's a little trip. I wake Junior up. He's sleeping. I say, Kenny, we got a game, dude. He's (laughs) DH in this game. He's hitting third. By the time he gets his shoes on and his jersey, Omar's leading off the game. I think Vizquel was leading off. He gets into the dugout. The two-hole hitter is in the box. Junior's shoes are untied. Lou's looking at him. You know, his hands flailing. He goes, hey, son. You got a hit. Let's go. Uh, I know, Skip. Sorry, I was sleepy. He grabs a helmet, goes on to the on-deck circle just as he's getting there. He doesn't even get to warm up. They announce his name. Steps in the box, shoes untied, hits the first pitch about ten rows up. I remember Buhner sitting next to me going, Booney, I'm telling you, this guy's unbelievable. Just watch him for a while. Comes around the bases. He comes back in. He looks at Lou and he goes, can I go back to doing what I, what I was doing? He goes, son. You do whatever that feet you want to do.
3: <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome.
0: So that's oh. kind of a Junior Lou story, but there's man, oh. so many from Lou. So
3: that many is from so
0: Lou. good. Oh, that's so good. See, we good. feel better already. Absolutely. we Hey, hey Ed, uh, Dick, how many minutes in are we now? Yeah, we're we good. We are nine minutes S- in. Yeah, we're in good shape. Can, can you fill 11 more minutes? <laughs> <laughs>
3: If you can, then the hell with this team. Who needs to talk about them? <laughs> or, you want to tell or, or, or more again. stories? Go ahead.
0: Just put our helmet on and dive in. <laughs> I
3: love it. Well, Brett Boone is with us, courtesy of VenueKings.com. And I don't know, man, I uh, we were talking earlier today, you and me, and I asked you if you were in charge of the world, what would you do to fix this baseball team? So tell people out there what your, what your Brett Boone four-point plan would be to turn this
0: thing around. I mean, we've we've lost 17 out of 25, or two two wins in our last 10, and and we got Houston. You got Verlander tomorrow night, coming off an off day to really reset your feet. I looked at the next month coming up, next 29 games, 17 are against good teams. You know, I'm talking Angels, Houston, uh, Minnesota, who surprisingly is for me. So I'm I'm surprised by it. Off to a great start. I'll tell you, man. It, where do you start? I mean, the, the the offense has been real mediocre, and the pitching's been worse. The pitching's, you know, we're 14th uh, in the pitching category as far as ERA. And, uh, you know, the starting rotation, I think it's done all right. We talked last week, Gonzalez has kind of been, you know, I, I think he had a little bit of a rough outing last time, but he's kind of been doing what we expected. He's got his ERA in the three. Robbie, Robbie Ray's coming up a little bit short of expectations, but when you're coming off a Cy Young award, Man, it's tough to fulfill – you know, it's tough to step back in those shoes, especially when he hasn't done that before. Kirby shows signs of, you know, could be a really good pitcher. But but how much do we know? He's only a few starts in. Gilbert's – I think Gilbert's been, been great. And even though he hasn't won in his last three or four starts, it's been one inning, one chinker here, one broken bat there that's really done him in in his last few starts. He's still sitting with a 2-6 ERA in the middle. Rodriguez, he's he's man, he's had a he's had a great month to get him back to to get him up to respectability as far this guy. I'm telling you, this guy is going to be a star, Rodriguez. Um, I don't where, know where the highlights are though. I I, I look yeah. at the schedule, I look what they've gone through, and Softy, we we talked briefly about it. You've got to take advantage. I know Boston got hot when Seattle was there, but Boston's that, that pitching is real mediocre. You got to take care of those those type situations you definitely have to take care of Oakland. And now I, I see, you know, we're in the last week of May and I look at this and the Mariners are in last place. We're not even in fourth place. We're in last. We're eleven out. I told you at the beginning of the season, Houston's the team that you gotta beat to knock off that pedestal. Uh, Houston hasn't missed a beat and, and they're, you know, twenty nine and sixteen. Eleven out, you got it the Angels off to a really good start. It's getting tougher and tougher as, this, as the season rolls on uh, to, to leapfrog two teams, two teams that are doing real well. If it's one, uh, we can, they'll come back to the field. But if it's two, it makes it a little more tough. And when do you start saying it's not early anymore? I mean, we're getting into June. I'll say it for you right now. It's not early anymore. We've got to start playing good now or this is going to be another season that's going to get lost.
5: Well,
4: Booney, last week we talked about service just continually changing the lineup. What are you at, Dave, like 42 or 43 different lineups yep. so far this yep. uh, this season? And, you know, how does a team react when their leader just uh, appears to? We don't know if this is the fact, but he appears from the outside to kind of be grasping at straws, maybe out of answers at this point.
0: Well, I think, you know, that that's a good point. But I think in, in my day, I think 10, 15 – Uh, even 20 years ago, the lineups were much more kind of in stone. You know, you had the main guys, they play here, we hit in certain positions in the lineup. So back then, when there were a lot of different lineups, it was kind of like, okay, this guy's panicking. Mm -hmm. In today's game, it's so analytically driven. It's so data-driven. It's what are they telling them upstairs that this guy does against this pitcher and this team in this situation. So it's not as big of a deal nowadays to have, you know, what we used to call a set lineup. I'd like to just put Winker at the top of the lineup. That's where he's had a lot of ABs in his in his brief big league career. You know, I think he's coming into this year. He had three years, but the the bulk of his ABs have been in that lead leadoff spot. He had the ability to draw the walk. He's a, he's a good contact guy. He'll give you a good professional at bat. I think they should just put Winker in the in the. Uh, at the top of the lineup and let him go. Yeah. The, the real positive about this lineup and top to bottom, I mean, some guys are coming on like the Rodriguez, off to a rough start, coming on now. Suarez, he's going to continue to hit home runs. I just think he's going to be, you're going to have to live with that 215, 210, 208. He's going to hit you 30. If you can live with that, that's fine. But I think you put Winker at the top, and the one guy that's been doing it from, from the get-go is France. I mean, he's over 400. On base percentage, he's hitting 331. He's just been the constant. And we talked about it last week. The Justin Turner of the Mariners. Love him in the two hole. And the rest, you just, you go with with, what you got to go with. I mean, Rodriguez has been hitting fourth. You know, it seemed like a month ago we're going, well, is Rodriguez going to hit eighth or ninth in the lineup? Now he's your four hole hitter. That tells you how the Mariners have have been going and real, uh, they're just lacking that consistency and that stability in the lineup.
3: Yeah, it's almost unfair to Julio. I mean, so far, so good with him. But uh, Brett Boone is with us on the air, courtesy of VenueKings.com. Normally with us on Thursdays at 5, but we're doing things a bit earlier today because of the sports star banquet here tonight. Uh, You mentioned Robbie Ray and to steal a golf analogy, Robbie Ray's problem is like you on that par 5. He can't avoid the blow-up hole. Mm -hmm. I mean, he just has the one inning where he just falls apart. What's going on with Robbie Ray, man?
0: I see that because he was cruising along the other day. I think he punched out ten again yep. in that game, and all of a sudden, it's a walk, it's a bloop, and it's bam, four runs on the board. Uh, it seemed like he's been doing that all year. You know, he's just sitting under a five. I, I don't think that's what they expected this off season when they signed Robbie Ray. The one thing I do like about Robbie, uh, how, how do I put it? PG thirteen. He's got cojones. He's not going. He's not. He's not running away and hiding. He's laying it on the line. He's willing to, you know, he's going five, six, seven innings every outing, it seems like. Right. Even though sometimes, you know, other pitchers would be pulled in the third inning with the way things are going. He keeps it out there. He keeps his team in the game. He might give up four early, but he'll hold that through six or seven. That's the one thing. And if you're a top of the rotation guy, you're you're a guy that just signed a contract like he did. That's to be expected. And I think from an example standpoint, for the rest of this young staff, I think he's been great in that aspect. Bottom line, though, he's got to be better than he's been to this point to be this number one, and if these Seattle Mariners are going anywhere this year. Uh,
4: Brett, let's talk about Jerry DiPoto for a second, because he's taking a lot of heat from fans right now, and that's what's going to happen when you're nine games under five hundred. But sure. guys like you, Jeff Nelson, other baseball experts, have all said at the beginning of the year, Jerry DePoto put together a good baseball team. He brought in three guys that were all-stars in the past and the Cy Young award winner from last year. So how much heat now should he take 45 games in when a month and a half ago, most people were saying, well, he put together a better baseball team.
0: Well, he's going to take the heat because that's, that's who takes the heat, the general manager and the manager. And whether it's fair or it's not fair, that's the way it's always been. Right. That's the way it will always be. Um, I think, Jerry, for for this year, I I think not the main onus is on him, I don't think, uh, because the players aren't playing the way they're supposed to play. I mean, players win games, players lose games, managers and GMs get blamed when they lose. You know, I, I, I watched my brother in New York and they're off to a rip roaring start, and it's unbelievable. They've got all their guys healthy. Yeah. The, pick, the, the bullpen's been lights out, and the starting rotation's been great. And people ask me, oh, what happened to Aaron? Oh, yeah, Aaron just learned how to manage this offseason. No, his players are doing what they're supposed to do. And, and when the, it, as much as we talk about these managers and these general managers, it comes down to the players. We win games, we lose games. There's very few times in my career, and I played for a lot of great managers, where we were sitting around after the game and go, you know, Skip really screwed us tonight. If we didn't have him, we'd have won that game. Very rare does that happen. So I can't put the blame on them, but it's going to be on them. What I blame is the organization over the last 21 years. You've got a, a gold mine of a city, an unbelievable support crew. When you play winning baseball, the fact that we haven't made the postseason in 21 years, that's something that the fans and, and I think uh, – Arguably so. Have the right to to be upset and disgruntled, and usually it falls on the front office, and that's Skipper in the clubhouse.
3: Yeah, for sure. All right, uh, the hell with all that. You got any more Lou stories before you go, <laughs> Brett?
0: You want another Lou? Yeah, another Lou. Uh, I'll, give you quick, I'll give you a quick one. Detroit. Uh, this is this is ninety three. I'm on that. I'm still on that shuttle. I'm going up and down. I hit a, I get a 3-1 pitch. I hit it to the warning track. I just miss it. I'm a kid, though, so, of course, Softy, you remember me the, back in those days, that first time in the early 90s. I'm throwing helmets after every time I don't get a hit.
1: Oh, yeah. We Roll call
0: that pulling a Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah you,
0: <laughs> you, God, I had a lot of growing up to do, but, but hey, it's all a part of the process. We're taking our ground balls between innings. Dave Magan playing first. We're in Detroit, small dugout. I take the first. He throws me and like a little kid throwing a temper tantrum. i fired as hard as I can over his head. He doesn't even jump for it. At that point, he's like, whatever. It goes over my head. It's like it was in slow motion. And it one hops and losing the dugout hits him right in the side of the head. He goes, wow!
2: oh.
0: Omar comes over to me and go, Booney, you hit the skip. I said, I deserve, he deserves it. <laughs> and that's the- where I was, right? I come back into the dugout and this is the cool part. I come back in the dugout. My teammates, they didn't sell me out. I remember Blowers was there, Bone. Everybody knew what happened, but Lou didn't. And, and, and Rick Griffin's got Lou up on the bench, you know, tending to him. He's got ice. There's blood everywhere. And he says, uh, gosh, damn. He goes, who the hell hit me with that ball? And nobody said a word. Wow. <laughs> the game The game finishes. I'm feeling so guilty at this point. I walk into his office after the game. I sit down. I said, Skip, you got a minute? He said, Yeah, Booney, what do you got? I said, I, I got to tell you, I'm the one that hit you with the ball. And he goes, Really? I said, Yeah. I said, I overthrew Maggot. And he goes, Well, I know you didn't mean to hit me, but damn it, son, right? Did you see is not on my head? I said, Hey, man, I'm sorry. He goes, Booney, don't worry about it. I leave the clubhouse. The next morning, I get a phone call. I get sent back to the minor league. <laughs> I'll tell you what, those are two good ones. Next week, oh. I'll
4: give you another one. Oh, you I love this, it. Story time
3: with Rooney. We're
4: going to need that because yeah. this is going to be a long season, I think. Well, they so. got the
3: Astros for three starting tomorrow, so we're <laughs> definitely going to need it for sure on Thursday. Hey, uh, you got a podcast, man, courtesy of DraftKings.com. Some big names came on this week. Who are you talking to this week, pal?
0: Uh, who do we got coming out? We had Mattingly and uh, Spielman this week. Next week, uh Trying to think, Jan Stenerud's coming on. There and you go. The, the photographer wow. of the stars, Mike Zagareth. We got uh, second week of June. John Daly's going to come on, and, Ooh, and soon oh, after, man. we're going to have uh, Bill Walton. So we got I the guys it. in the we got the guys in the pipeline. Give yourself about
3: four hours with Bill, by the way. That's just a word to the wise, man. All right, Booney, great stuff. We love yeah. you. We'll talk yeah. in a week. Thanks, See man. you, buddy. All right, Brett right. Boone with us on the air. That was good so stuff. Good. I mean, this is this is the great part about baseball is that, hey, even when things are an absolute total dumpster fire like they are right now for the Mariners, you get stuff like that. We are at the Sports Star Bank. We're at the Weston Hotel. We'll get a break. we got a lot more to get to. There's going to be a cavalcade of stars floating through here in a matter of minutes on a big night for Gras and Gas as well. Well, they're about to get the Keith Jackson Award. We're going to focus on that a lot tonight. Coming up on Sports Radio 93.3 KJRFM.
0: With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time.
3: No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that
1: case, I pronounce you lucky. Now, ladies and gentlemen, another glorious radio moment with Graz and Gags. Well, I think we're having fun now, Evel.
3: Hello, Larry. Good afternoon, gentlemen. That was a great show. It was. Good afternoon.
0: Which one? Hello, Larry. Hi, guys. Hey, I just wanted to come. <laughs> <laughs> this is your medicinal friend. Hey, okay, uh...
3: definitely. <laughs> Have you been medicating yourself again?
1: Constantly. <laughs> <laughs> Now, and gas the one and only home of gras with gas salutes dave grosby and mike gastineau 2022 keith jackson award winners at the sports star of the year awards
3: all right, we're back here at the Sports Star Banquet, uh, hanging out till seven o'clock tonight from the Weston. Big night for uh, gas and graz, or graz and gas, or Mike and Dave, or Dave and Mike, whatever you want to do. That's uh, all the same thing. Getting back to the same point when it's all said and done. The winners of the Keith Jackson Award, and uh, I think Mike is exactly right. There was just simply nobody else out there left to give this award to, so they had to <laughs> give it to somebody. So they gave it to Mike and Dave. So congrats to those guys, man. It was. Uh, it's going to be awesome to see those guys on stage. Uh, I can't wait to hear the speech, and I can't can't wait to see if they cut him off if they say up yours when that music starts to play which would be classic mike and dave if they can pull that off it would be the best i want to see oh, him up there for 15 20 minutes absolutely.
4: Do, a, Se- do, a do a show there, right just right? at least do a radio segment out yes. there and because we haven't heard him do a radio i mean yes. they did one with us but it wasn't just yeah. them you it's know, been we a were, while it's right? been a long yeah, time it's been
3: a while i mean what what the hell man you want to hear russell wilson calling a zoom call or uh you know uh, who else is here stephan fry's here christian Roldan is here birds going to be here, a bunch of big names. But I'm with you. We came here. This is about us. We want to hear Mike and Dave well, do an entire show on stage. Who's going to be more entertaining? Those Mike, two. Mike
4: and Dave or yeah. Russell
3: Wilson. Oh, God. Well, I wonder if he, Russell's even going to be a part of this, man. That would be kind of weird. Would it be weird if he did something? Well, he would have. I mean, he's going to accept the award, right? Is he getting an award? I had no idea. It's a major award. Is, is he, well, getting... what's he? what's he going on the Zoom call I, for I, if he's not getting an I award? I have no idea. Maybe he's giving an award to somebody. I have no clue. I don't know what the script is for tonight. I guess we're going to find out. But I was where... just assuming if he's on a yeah. Zoom call yeah. that he's accepting an award. I, I don't know. I mean, Jackson's nodding his head. Is that what's going on? Is he getting an award? They don't tell us anything. Rob, is Russell Wilson getting an award? He's getting an award. For what? Huh? Shortest quarterback of all time. Humanitarian award. Humanitarian award. Is, is he here tonight or is he going to be over a Zoom call? He's going to be virtual tonight. So he's accepting the humanitarian award tonight. I'm being interested. With, with Sierra? Sierra's going to be on the call with him? Wow. Is she going to be wearing the swimsuit she wore for SI in the magazine? Is she in the magazine? Yeah. You didn't know that? She's on the oh. cover. I haven't. I haven't looked at a Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue in, since, yeah, like, El McPherson. Since was you on hit it. puberty, <laughs> I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was the SI swimsuit issue and the Fredericks of Hollywood catalog for me, baby, and the Sears catalog, and maybe throwing a little National Geographic weger at it too. Well, yeah. So apparently, Russell Wilson is getting the humanitarian award tonight. So there you go. Yeah, that's not bad to look at. All right. Uh, by the way, speaking of uh, the uh, SI swimsuit issue and the uh, Fredericks of Hollywood and the. Uh, uh, national geographics back in the day you got a pole out there
4: that's
3: a hell of a transition
4: what do you got uh the dick wagon pole well <laughs> wow
3: this is why we're in the corner that's right you know that right Rob is new to the sports commission. This guy, apparently, first year. Is that right, Rob? First year doing this? He's like, never again. Nope. Am I letting those never bastards again. back yeah. at this thing? Never, ever again. Well, never again does he want to be in a room that's 47 oh degrees God. either. Jeez. Uh,
4: who's got more pressure on them moving forward, Russ or Pete? Uh.
3: I'll hit on the poll.
4: I think that the pressure is on Russell Wilson moving forward. The voters... Yes. That's Through what an hour and 10 minutes, almost yeah. 500 votes, agree with you. 74 yeah. to 26, yeah. the pressure being on right. Russell Wilson. Now, I wonder if you asked Denver Bronco fans right. the, that question. I
3: think they'd say Russell Wilson, too. I mean, they expect the guy to win them a championship, right? They haven't done that in 25 years? How much? 97, 98, whatever. What kind of odds would I have no, to no, give you? No, no, I'm sorry, because Peyton won one. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, 2015.
4: Ugh. What kind of odds would I have to give you for you to bet – on Russell Wilson winning a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos.
3: Uh for me to bet on it? Yes. I mean, I I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, I'd have to get at least yeah.
4: double digit to 1 odds before I even start to think about it.
3: Well, what are the uh, what are the odds for them this year? Uh look up the uh Super Bowl odds for All 2022. Right. I wonder what they are for them now. What are they? Maybe 15 to 1, 17 mm. to 1, something like that, you think? I mean, are they I don't know if they're that high or whatever, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I think the pressure is on Russell Wilson for sure. Sixteen, Yeah, 16-1. to It wasn't that far off. I mean, I I think that he's the guy that's going to, you know, he's the one that wanted this, right, by all accounts. And this is the funny thing about it. Maybe Pete Carroll and John Schneider eventually would have wanted this, too. Maybe they agree with everybody out there that says you can't win with a guy making that kind of money. Maybe they see the writing on the wall and that we have to move on. But, hey, Russell Wilson beat him to the punch. Maybe Russell Wilson saved their bacon, right? They were going to do this anyway, and then Russell Wilson freaked out and (laughs) snapped and went kind of you know, postal on him and said, you know what, I want to deal. And they said, fine. We were going to deal you anyway, but we're not going to tell people that because now we want you to be the bad guy. So I have no idea, but by all accounts, he's the one that wanted this. He's the one that wanted out. I don't even know how the pressure could be on Pete Carroll versus Russell Wilson. Now, there's pressure on Pete Carroll to fix it here in Seattle, but if you want to compare the two of them, there's there's no question it's Russell Wilson.
4: I think there's a Sizable percentage that John Schneider and Pete Carroll had no intention of re signing him.
3: Yeah. Right.
4: Because of exactly what we've been talking about. How are you going to win a Super Bowl with a $50 million quarterback who's in his mid-30s yeah. and is not the same yeah. quarterback as he was right. when he was 28? Well,
3: I just think this. I, I think that the Seahawks, to win, to get back to, I mean, what what do we expect Pete Carroll to be? Do we expect him to be another Super Bowl winning coach in Seattle? Do we expect him to win another Lombardi? I mean, I don't even know if that's possible anymore, right? For Pete Carroll to do something like that, to go from 2013 and then fast forward 10 more years, and let's say if he does it in Seattle, maybe you give him a couple more years, so we t- say by 2024, 25, 12, 13 years between championships. Nobody does that in the NFL. That's crazy. Like, how long did Tom Landry go between his his last title and his second-to-last title? Six, seven years? So for Pete Carroll to have that kind of gap, man, between championships, you're actually talking about somebody having to pull something off that I don't know has ever been done in the NFL.
4: Honestly. I'll I'll answer the question for you because I got the odds right here. I am expecting Pete Carroll, by the time he is done, to get the Seahawks back to being one of those teams that I'm looking at right now that are in that 15-1 to 1 or less range to win a Super Bowl. And we're talking about the Bills, the Bucks, the Chiefs, the Packers, the Rams, the Chargers. Yeah. Those teams are 14-1 to 1 or less to win the Super Bowl. I want, by the time Pete Carroll's done, I want him to rebuild the franchise to the point where at the beginning of every season we can legitimately say, you know what, Yeah, we may not win the Super Bowl this year, but we've got a better chance than... 25 or 26 other teams in the right. NFL to win the Super Bowl. And that's where we were at for a decade.
3: So Tom Landry went six years between his last championship and his second-to-last championship. I think he only won the two, by the way. He went six years. How long did Dick Vermeil go between the Eagles oh, and the Rams? Time. So he went from he won it with Philadelphia in 1980, and then he won it with the Rams 20 years. Uh, 20 years later. So he didn't win it the first time, but he went to the Super Bowl. Hell, if Pete Carroll can get back to a Super oh. Bowl, then that's enough. I mean, that's a that's a success. I think if the guy can make an NFC championship, for crying out loud, it's almost enough. So, again, you're talking about if you really want him and you expect him to be the guy that wins you another title, you're asking Pete Carroll between 12, 13 years between championships to do something that's really never been done, right? And that's
4: why this is the season to get Certain areas of the team fixed. Next year's the season to get your quarterback, to groom him in 2023, to hopefully equate what you did in 2012. Yeah, right. right. And then three in the third year, be ready to be one of those teams that I just talked about, which is a 15-1 to one or less
3: uh, – Yep. Shot to win the Super Bowl. Let's do this. Testimonials 49451 on the Telemore Dude text line. Uh, Jim Moore said it today. Uh, he put his neck out there, man. He had a hot take. Yeah, did I you did. hear that hot today? Take. Jim Moore had a hot take on the radio station this morning. He said it's time to fire Jerry Depoto and Scott Service right freaking now. Do you agree with that? 49451. Uh, Booney's take, obviously. they got to stick with the lineup, find a lineup, and stick with it. We'll get your thoughts on that as well who's got more pressure on him now moving forward pete carroll or russell wilson and also we brought this up today bill barnwell of espn writing the seahawks had the worst off season in the national football league and that they should have fired pete carroll and kept russell wilson you agree with that? We'll get to all that coming up from the Sports Star Banquet, 49451. Text line is open next on Sports Radio 93.3, KJRFM.
5: Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now, ladies and gentlemen,
1: another glorious radio moment with draws and gangs. <laughs> I think we're having fun now. I'm driving from Chicago to Champaign. I had to cover the owner's meeting for okay. the Center
0: yesterday. So mm-hmm. I'm coming down to Champaign. I got to the hotel at about 11.30 and checking in, and I said, Hi, I'm John Clayton. And they said, No, oh, you've already checked in. Oh. <laughs> said, no, wait a second. No, I, I, I know me. i said, on the road. I have not checked in. They check, and they say, Well, somebody's in your room. I'm sorry to tell you that, but we'll have to give you a less standard room. So I had to move to a lesser room, and
1: now uh, that was kind of mad about that because I said, I'm John Clayton now. That's <laughs> right. <laughs> Gras and Gas. The one and only home of Gras with Gas. Salutes Dave Grosby and Mike Gastineau. 2022 Keith Jackson Award winners at the Sports Star of the Year Awards.
2: Coming to you live from the Elliott Avenue studios of Sports Radio KJR. This is Testimonials. LOL, chemical <laughs> away Dave Softie Mahler and Dick Fain.
3: We are back here at the Sports Star Banquet at the Weston Hotel. Big night for uh, Garage and Gas, obviously right there. How about that John Clayton clip? By oh. the way, man, that was awesome. The to origin hear that. of oh. the
4: John Clayton damage,
3: unbelievable. Well, it's a great night for a lot of people, and uh, we uh, certainly miss John uh, not being here tonight. Obviously, uh, got him in our thoughts. But uh, big day for Mike and Dave. They are the Keith Jackson Award winner. Recognizing sports media excellence in our town. Um, there's also one award. Did you hear about this? There's a new award being given out this year. The didn't have the balls to stick around for payback award. You hear about that? Jaden Delora is going to win that tonight after oh, he took off and left wow. Washington State. So yeah, uh, I mean, that, congratulations, Jaden. Yeah, that that should be on the list, man. Because I got to tell you, I want to payback after that bastard put that flag at the 50 yard line and then he freaking bolts for Arizona, well, chump. I just think it's funny that the Believable. one year you plant a
4: flag is the year oh. you beat the worst Husky team in over a Well, decade that's the that thing. A, just that's a, the thing. was a freaking disaster at the end of the season. Like, when that's the, the year you plant the flag? How about beating a good football team and planting a
3: flag? When was the last time the Cougars beat the Huskies during a year when Washington was really, really good? 97? Maybe, yeah. Eight and four team, I guess. Right yeah. back then, that was the it's been twenty-five years. That's the team that beat Michigan State, right? And Nick and then but lost the Wahoo them. Bowl yeah. the next year. So I think that's the last time that they beat a, a, a even halfway decent Washington football team. So suck on that, Jaden. Enjoy your award, <laughs> chump. All right, four nine four five one Tullamore Dude text line is up and running. When it's game time, is Tada time. Andrews, what do you got?
2: The Seahawks should have traded Russ and fired Pete. John should have all the keys.
3: There you go. There's one. There's one. Said it just got rid of the wrong guy. Remember Pat Gillick once told me he should have traded A-Rod. Or traded, uh, excuse me, he he should have traded A-Rod and he should have kept Griffey. That's what he told me back in the day, and I wonder if one day down the road, Jody Allen and John Schneider are going to be saying the same thing about Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, but that would imply that John Schneider has the authority to fire Pete Carroll, which I don't think he does. Did he tell you that on the air or off the air? He told me it on Yeah, he said it on but the like air. But, like, years later. Uh, yeah, this is, oh, of course. Yeah, this is like this is like 10, 11 years ago. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Well, be- I would, I mean. Because, remember, he traded Griffey and kept A-Rod, and then A-Rod took off two, two years later ever, for anyway, Texas. Right, yeah. yeah. You got something else to add? No.
4: <laughs> what is there to add? It was the wrong decision. It was the wrong decision then. It's the wrong decision now. They don't
3: call him the best color guy in the league for nothing, I folks. you were going to the next text. Well, we are now. What's next, Andrews? Go ahead.
2: Pete should have been gone after Super Bowl
3: 49. Wow. Should have fired Pete Carroll after Super Bowl 49. When he called the play the infamous play. I don't know, man. I, I think, you know, first of all, I'm glad that he's blaming Pete Carroll and not Daryl Bevel because it was Pete Carroll and not Daryl Bevel. But, you know, how many coaches get fired after losing a Super Bowl? None. The answer Never. is none.
4: So that's right. the hottest take we've had of the yeah. of the day, even, maybe the year. Even hotter
3: than Jim Moore's take of firing Jerry DePoto and yes. Scott Service? Yes. Okay.
4: Because Jerry, right. at least Jim Moore's take is of, of a manager and a general manager that aren't doing a very good job. Pete Carroll. Just led a team to a Super Bowl championship and then an NFC championship, and the dude evidently wanted him fired. I don't think he wanted him fired that time. Old and cynical
3: time. and burned
2: out, and all those things. All
3: right, what's next, Anders?
2: Russ for fifty mil guaranteed. Little hard pass.
3: Ooh, yeah, I'm curious hard to know pass. how much he gets. I'm curious to see what happens if he struggles in Denver. Technically, the Broncos don't have to do anything for two years, but you would think that after this season, they would want to get something done next spring or summer on Russell Wilson. Um, But I'm very curious, Dick, to see what happens if things don't go to plan because you know more often than not, things don't go to plan, right, in the National Football League or in any sports league. They don't work out. Uh, So I'm curious to see what Denver does if Russell struggles. They kind of have to pay him right after what they gave up for him for if, crying out if loud the
4: seahawks felt like they had to pay jamal adams then the broncos absolutely have to pay russell yep. wilson right i mean he's gonna it's gonna start with a five yep. it's gonna be 50 plus million dollars a year
2: yeah i agree with you all right what's next what's best for the franchise is employing a qb that wants to be here russ wanted to leave there was never a choice to be made
3: well, I agree with that, and that's part of what I was going to say about Barnwell's take that they should have fired uh, Pete Carroll and kept Russell Wilson. I, I just don't think you can run a franchise like that if the quarterback doesn't want out of here. Now, if the or, 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 or uh, excuse me wants out of here, if the quarterback says it's either me or him, and the head coach is not getting the job done, he's having problems, he's a slob, he can't call plays, everything's you know going to hell in a hand bucket, then yeah, it's a different story. But I I cannot imagine a franchise, the most important person in sports, the. Quarterback of an NFL football team and an owner and a head coach saying, you know what, we're going to keep you here even though you don't want to be here. I just can't imagine anybody doing that. I just th- I just want Seahawks fans
4: to ask themselves, is this a well-run franchise or not a r- well-run franchise? And all you have to do is look over at the Mariners to, to, to get a comparison, right? And are they a well-run franchise and are they well-run on the football field? Do they look prepared each and every week? Right. Do they stay in every single game each and right. every week? Do they right. play hard or do they quit on their coach? That tells you all you need to know whether you got a good coach or GM. Uh,
3: what's next, Anders? Go ahead.
4: Oh, Anders.
2: There's an argument to be made for firing Pete, keeping Rice, but that would have just delayed the inevitable.
3: Well, I think there's no question about it. The Seahawks would have been in some trouble down the road with this contract, but they wouldn't have been in trouble right now. No. And I guess that's the one thing that people have to away, man. You know, was it, was it worth keeping him for a couple of years just to have another shot or two in the next couple of years at winning a championship and then seeing it all fall apart? And the longer you wait, the less you're going to get. I was going to mention that one of the things that Barnwell talked about here is that he doesn't think the Hawks got enough for Russell Wilson. It's funny because I was always thinking the exact opposite, that for a guy that everybody knew wanted, out of Seattle, the fact the Seahawks got what they got to me was amazing.
4: Yeah, I mean I think it was I think it was fair market value. I I don't think that the Hawks you know, I liked the deal when it came down. Right. I was surprised it happened, but I like I liked the competition. But I don't think I was ever on the compensation. The, the compensation. Mean, I, yeah. I don't think I was ever on the on the side of wow, we just completely fleeced the Denver Broncos. But your point is well taken, and that is if a dude doesn't want to be here and you get at yes. least good compensation, right, then you did a fantastic job. I
3: mean, like look, like you saw what the Mariners got for Randy Johnson when Randy didn't want to be here, and you saw what the Mariners got for Ken Griffey Jr. when Ken Griffey Jr. didn't want to be here to get what they got, a couple of first-round draft picks, the players they got in return for a guy that was not going to have a future in Seattle, for a guy that the, the Seahawks had already admitted told them. He was not going to re-sign here when his contract came up, and I don't think that was a secret, by the way, around the NFL. I think once the Seahawks knew about that, the entire damn league knew that Russell Wilson wasn't going to be here. So the fact that they got what they got for him and the fact that Russell could sign off on any deal because the guy had a no-trade clause. it's amazing. I, I, I don't agree with what Barnwell wrote. I, th- I think what they got was good I mean, what do you expect? Five first-round draft picks? Ten first-round draft picks? Come on. All right, we got time for one more. Uh, Anders,
2: go ahead. Mariners played better when service was on COVID leave and had one consecutive game since their four-game win streak on April 26th, one month ago.
3: Yeah, they haven't won consecutive games in uh, in over a month. And Was Chris Negron the manager when they yeah, won two in a row? Yeah. Well, it's a very small sample size, obviously. But, you know, look, I mean, I get the point. Here's the problem with this organization, and we mentioned this before the year started. They have not had back-to-back winning seasons since 2002 and 2003. And guess what? It's happening again. Every time they put a great year out there and the hype train is out of control, yeah. they end up falling flat on their freaking face the following season. So maybe that's the problem. Maybe we should limit the hype train. Maybe we should just go into a year uh, after you won 91, 92, whatever it was a year ago, just say, you know what? They're going to suck again. And then just whatever we get, we get because every time people start to think that this franchise is on the come, they disappoint everybody. Well,
4: there was only two parts of the team that I thought would backslide. I thought the bullpen would backslide. Didn't think it would fall off a cliff like it has. Right, I thought right. it would backslide, and I thought Chris Flexen
3: would backslide, right. and he
4: has. I mean, he hasn't been a disaster, no, but he hasn't no, not been, at all. But he has no. definitely not been the pitcher that he was last year. But
3: you knew that, right? Well, that we, that was we figured happen. that it's right.
4: all the other guys, right? Yeah. It's the entire. It's the entire offense. It's the rest of the start rotation we didn't think maybe we didn't think Robbie Ray would be a Cy Young winner again but we thought he would be an ace of a staff and he hasn't yep. even been close to an ace of a staff no
3: he has not there Dick Fain. we're gonna break we're at the sports star banquet uh Cavalcade of stars about to walk in here to the Westin Hotel lots going on between now and seven o'clock and a big night for Mike Gastineau and Dave Grosley Grosby coming up on sports radio 93.3 FM.